Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Hour number two of numbers game at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Fubos Link Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. Michael Lombardi to join us later this hour before the Lombardi line. Looking forward to uh, getting his thoughts on the divisional round. Also, Pamela Maldonado to talk uh, Australian Open with us. Dan Weston will be back on the show tomorrow after his 3-0 sweep on the show yesterday. Good for him. Uh, hope you rode those picks as well, because uh, that was fabulous. Uh, let's talk with Jason Weingarten, ladies and gentlemen, at Spreadopedia on Twitter. The name of the podcast is The Wide World of Weingarten, wearing his Rams blue. He was in attendance at SoFi the other night. How you doing, Jason? Pretty good. Uh, you know, we were just talking, I don't know if you heard this last hour, and we were just talking about how, because someone asked a question, Ryan Hyde asked a question about, you know, what about, what, what do you recommend within gaming? And I was just talking about how we always recommend play stoppage. That's the only time to really be on an even playing field and how it's getting, from our perspective here in Las Vegas, it's getting worse and worse. Like our cable is so far behind the actual action uh, to the point where like in a basketball game on primetime action, we're like two possessions behind, two possessions behind what the actual live score is. I mean, it's it's at least one and a half possessions. Like, it's really bad. So that's, that would have been interesting to get you on from SoFi the other night. We were thinking about doing it, but then the ambient noise messed us up to just see how far ahead you were of us. You enjoyed the game? Yeah, it was great. Uh, you know, it's always always fun when the team you're rooting for goes up 21 nothing at halftime in a playoff game, and you can uh, relax a little bit. Are you headed to the Super Bowl if they get there? Because you went last time, right? I'm headed to the Super Bowl even if they don't get there. It's it's going to be the biggest party in L.A., and they ain't having it without me there. <laughs> for, sorry. For, sorry. I apologize <laughs> for that. Uh, no, I forgot. It's at SoFi. It's in your backyard, so you're there no, either way. Obviously, you want the Rams to be there. Do you have, you have uh, futures on the Rams as well? I have futures on the Packers. I think that's my only live uh, my live NFL future is to, to Packers to win the Super Bowl. All right, so Wide World of Weingarten. Let's touch on a few things here. Wide World of Weingarten, you have gotten into the game of opening up packs of baseball cards on there now, live? Yeah, I've been doing doing some some baseball cards I've been buying just to just to show show people, you know, the odds of actually getting good cards and just just showing what what you actually get for your money. And your conclusion broadly is if you're really after a specific card, you are probably better off buying it outright from eBay or from a card seller than you are trying to, to rip it from individual packs. But it is fun. I mean, it's it's kind of like playing a slot machine or something. You know, you get the same sort of activation of that part of your brain when you're opening 
packs of cards looking for shiny things. Yes. All right. So Wide World of Wine Garden. How many episodes a week are you putting out there? Four or five. Trying trying to do every day. Just that this this time of the year, my schedule with sports is is mostly weekends with football. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't bet a ton of basketball. I don't bet a ton of hockey. So I sleep a little later in January and February and just some days in the middle of the week, there's not much for me to talk about. No one wants to hear me talk about, you know, nothing for too long. Well, you, you were here on the show talking about African Cup of Nations last week. You are you sent me something, Marcelo Zuna, who we know from Major League oh, yeah. Baseball. He hit a uh, three-run homer yesterday. What what was what league is that? Because I know you're betting this, Jason. What Dominican. League? That's the, the finals. The Dominican Winter League Finals is going on right now. So you're betting that, right? Little bit, little bit. I had a I had an over last night that lost by half a run is as there, usual. Would you like to make a recommendation on a play here today or the next game? Got nothing. I, I mean, it, nothing. it's not for for me. This is not the 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 season of winter ball. I've not put in the work I normally do for for winter ball this year. All right. By the way, for those who for those who wonder, Marcelo Zuna hits a three run homer in the Dominican League in the third inning. Right in the third inning to yes. go up five to two. And what ensued was like New Year's Eve and Mardi Gras rolled up into one. The the cultural difference of baseball outside of this country is so unbelievably stark and so refreshing, I might add, that it was just, I was laughing out loud watching this. And you you texted me like, by the way, it's the third inning. It's just the Yeah, when you watch the video, you, th- you think yeah. you hit a walk-off home run to win the championship, <laughs> and then you realize it's the third inning. And so you're like, great. man, these guys just have way more fun. Than your average, you know, yeah, and the pitch- Diamondbacks game or whatever. And unlike here, where the pitcher then beans you in the next half inning, the pitcher just has to sit there and endure it and wait, wait it out. It's like, all right, just get get up to the plate the next batter. All right, but you you did make some golf bets. The golf tour has begun, obviously now for a couple weeks. Uh, long shots, our show here uh, already hitting some uh, futures. Matt Brown had Russell Henley last week. Oh my Terrible god. Beat. Russell Terrible. Henley. Do, do you want to know my beat from last week? I have a better beat than that, I think. Well, first of all, let me describe the Russell Henley run. Russell Henley, for those who missed it, was up five strokes at the beginning of the back nine against the Deki Matsuyama. I actually saw the score. I swear. I knew Matt had the bet, and I thought to myself, I'm like, this is not going to end. This is not going to end well. Sure enough. You just Matsuyama. know with golf. You yes. can just tell. Well, and you know with a guy like Henley, too, who's not exactly a closer. What was your bad beat? Uh, first day I had first round leader live bet. Oh, um, Kelly had one down of these. the coming down the end of the, the strat, the, 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 whatever you call it, the, the round, uh, Jim Furyk was 50 to one. So oh. I bet him 50 to one hits a hole in one to take the outright lead. And then I had to sit around for five hours to wait for Kevin Na, <laughs> who's like the slowest player on the tour, takes four minutes between each shot to line it up. I had to wait five hours for him to shoot a minus nine and kill me. It was terrible. There was, it, was, it was just a, that, that's a beat. That, well, you and Kelly. A hole in one. A hole in one. You and Kelly, by the way, because Kelly had Henley for the first round. By the way, I had Henley in the Oh, yeah, court. and he was one back, too, right? I saw well, that. He bogeyed he, 17 or something. He ended up tying Furick, I believe, at one point, if not closing. Yeah. I can't remember. And then Nod did his thing, right, and beat both of you by a stroke. So I can't stand – when you when you bet golf, you have a certain number of golfers <laughs> you just can't stand. Kevin Nod is one of them on my list. And I'm just like, no. God. Though Kevin Nod had a great line. I can't remember who the golfer was on tour. Grayson Murray. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so Grayson Murray – I don't know if you heard this, Jeff. Grayson Murray's like, you know, I'm getting really tired of uh, 
Kevin Na taking all this time, you know, before he putts on the golf course or something like that. And Kevin Na immediately shoots back. He goes, I'm really getting, t- I'm getting really tired of you missing cuts. <laughs> that was, that was a very, That's very awesome. Big bird. That was great. I'll give him that. Anyway. So Russell Henley was a, uh, a craw in your uh, whatever that expression is it was absolutely that's a horrible beat. What do you have this week though, so that we can all experience a bad beat with you? So the the PGA Tour. You excuse me real quick. I just got to look over at my other screen real quick, real quick. Hold on. Um, the PGA Tour. I got two bets on the actual the 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 event in Palm Springs. I got KH Lee at a hundred to one, hundred thirty to one. Uh, you got to shop around for prices on these because there could be huge discrepancies. Yeah between books, by the way. And then I got uh, Trey Molinix at 300 to one. Those are my, my two bets. I don't, I don't love this event cause it's a pro pro am across three courses. So I don't think it's, it's necessarily the best betting value, especially with John Rom up, up at the top of the leaderboard playing how he is. Give so those. Most of my bets are on the other two, two events this week. What are your other bets on the other two events? Please share. Jerry Kelly on the, the senior tour event, the Mitsubishi Electric in Hawaii. It's one of my favorite events, actually, and not, not so much for the senior tour itself, but mm-hmm. because it's a, it's a very nice course, and it, it's very nice weekend napping for golf. I think the Mitsubishi Electric is one of the better napping events <laughs> of the year. I bet Jerry Kelly, 28, 25 to 1. And then in, uh, in, on the European tour, the Dubai port tour, they're calling it now. They're playing in Abu Dhabi this week uh-huh. to, to start the season. Morikawa and uh, McElroy and Victor Hovland all lead the field. But uh, I think it's a slightly more interesting event than uh, uh, Palm Springs, especially because the wind is projected to be 35 miles an hour there. So um, I think you could find a, a little bit of value on some some real long shots in uh, in Abu Dhabi. I bet Henrik Stenson at 200 to 1. 300 to one. I saw him getting matched at 400 to one on the, on the Betfair exchange earlier this week. I thought 400 to one's an insane price. And, uh, Charles Schwartzel, I got around 200 to one. Uh, I thought that was, was a big price for a, a pretty decent golfer. Let's put those in the newsletter, Jeffrey. Let's get all of them in there. Tour by tour, including the senior tour, as Jason called it. One of the great napping betting. betting I love the senior the tour. The only thing year. I don't like about the senior tour is the, the commercials you get when you're watching it. It's like very tailored to that audience. It's like co- the Cola guard commercials and stuff. I'm like, who's this? This isn't for me. I'm 34. What are these two people doing in bathtubs on a side of a cliff? Help, I fall and I can't get up. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, uh, two minutes. What do you got in football this weekend? Divisional round. Oh, I I love this weekend so much better than last weekend, just from a betting perspective. The Bills, I like the Bills a lot here. I already see the two and a halfs dropping the one and a halfs. I like the Titans. Titans up to three and a half. I think I think that's a, a good price still. The, the three and a half is the right side. If you like the Bengals, you can wait for it to get to four. I, I love the Rams. Rams on the money line. Rams, you know, plus three. I think Rams, uh, their secondary held up very well. Um, it was a positive game, and uh, I don't know about the Packers. What do you think about what do you think about the Forty ers I, I I keep getting this this thought in the back of my head that the Forty ers is just going to run them off the field like they did. Yeah. Uh, the Cowboys. I I want to take the Forty ers so bad. I have not made a bet yet, but three of the four you just mentioned. So I love the Titans. No surprise to anybody here. Uh, I love the Rams, and I probably will money line them also. And I I am close to making a Niners bet. 
but we need to really know what the status is of Bosa and Warner. But I that thought that you just came up with, Jason, I have thought it too. I'm like, the one thing that we still know they can do is run the football, right? Like, obviously Garoppolo's hurt too. I haven't made the bet yet, but I will not be laying the points with the Packers. It will be 49ers or, or nothing for me. I haven't, I'm not doing anything with the Chiefs and the Bills. I think I'm just going to sit back and watch football with that one. I expected Trent Williams to have a very dominant game versus the Cowboys. And if you go back and watch the game tape, just, just the first quarter even, watching him just destroy guys off the ball, yeah. getting to the second level and flatten linebackers, that, that's good football. That That's how you win games. That's how you get to nine Pro Bowls, my friend. Nine. Yeah. Trent Williams, who finally at the end of his stay in Washington said, you know what? I'm never playing here again. Why, Trent? I'm never playing here. I'm done with you people. They botched his whole injury thing. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Good luck this weekend. Be back soon. Teasers next. Numbers Game Visa. These sports. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Back on a numbers game, proudly brought to you by BetMGM. Don't forget about our betting splits. They are available at vcin.com. The latest betting splits on every game. Find out which games are seeing the most tickets written. Odds, data, and analysis for each and every game. Start your next sports bet. Why don't you? At vcin.com with our betting splits feature. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parles is here. Uh, I just received some seismic news from uh, Meltzer like Seltzer. Man about town. Jeff Parlay. You know how Bruno Mars has been doing a, uh, a residency all over town for years and years and years? Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack starting next month. Oh, my. Forget the Grammys. The Grammys are coming here in April. You interested in going to the Grammys, Jeff? Does that excite you at all? Not really. Does Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack excite you? It should. A little bit more than the Grammys. Uh, I'm going to see Bruno and Anderson Pack. We get tweets at beating the book. Always appreciate everything uh, that people. Uh, chime in on. Sometimes it's the throwaway comments. Sometimes it's the conversations we have about sports betting. Whatever it is. This is from Len Glow. Uh, Gil, I would agree with you to wait for commercial breaks or timeouts. However, the books in some cases seem to lock the apps until the game resumes. What's your suggestion to overcome that? I would take my business elsewhere, quite frankly. That's a Bush League move. 
Trip Tepper. I'm buying positions on Auburn and Arizona in, in men's hoops. I think both are Final Four good and can, with a little luck, win the whole shebang. So that's you, are you bullish on on Arizona and Auburn in that same way? I think Arizona is the best team in the country at the moment. At the moment, Auburn. Uh, look, they're really good, but if you look through it, they uh, they they just play a style that scares me in March. They're really really good though. So look, they should have won the title. They very easily could have won the title. Your Virginia won it. Has young, Don't foul Kyle oh, Guy. You're in the title game. Oh, one of our great. Uh, remember when we, you were you were producer number three? You were producer number five at that. That time. was my first month on the job. Remember our remember our breakdown of that that game the next day. Just Virginia's run, Virginia's run to the title that year. Because we don't we don't ever like talk about this ever again. But it, the the phrase the cliche team of destiny. If there was ever a sequence of events that would lead one to say that was a team of destiny, is there a better example than the than the than the Who's of Virginia? The Wahoos of Virginia of that year. I'm Who, still. Uh, I'm uh, two years later or three years later now. I'm still aggravated. Purdue didn't cover the Elite Eight kid. <laughs> well, remember the whole Virginia thing started the year before when UMBC beat them as the only 16 to beat a number one in the history of the ends. You know the men's tournament, the big dance commuter school between D.C. and Baltimore. Really more towards Baltimore, quite frankly. UMBC obviously it's in the name, Baltimore County. But um, the next year. And we were all over Ty Jerome each and every game, Ty Jerome in Virginia. But that Auburn game, man, what was the what was the sequence again? If that doesn't happen, if what didn't happen, well, Auburn fouled Kyle Guy shooting a three up right, two. Right. It was in the moment controversial, but on replay, it was pretty clearly a foul. And Guy made all three free throws, and Virginia survived. Which was the game where, and the names I'm forgetting the names. But the, the kid who was who who played at Virginia beyond the the rest of his teammates made that unbelievable half court pass. In the room, there was a scramble for the loose ball. Well, it was it was it was it was the missed free throw. Yeah, it was the rare time where you actually fouling up three didn't help you because the that's cause, right because it was the tip back. Kia Clark ran it down. Kia Clark, that's who fired it, was. it forward to. For to a Diakite, Diakite who couldn't make a shot outside of six feet his entire career in Virginia. Was that the Auburn that game? Floater. Was that no? The, that was Purdue. That was Purdue. That was right. Purdue. That was the Elite Eight. That was that was to even, save the season and force overtime. That was even more amazing than the Auburn game. What what a run! What an unbelievable run! And then played the ridiculous overtime title game against Jared Culver and Texas Tech. We went. That was a really good tournament. Oh, that was phenomenal! Phenomenal. Tony Bennett with his title there. Uh, this tweet also from Sean Patrick Griffin. For those who don't know who that is, Sean Patrick Griffin is a professor at the Citadel, used to be a professor at Penn State for our purposes here in sports betting, wrote the definitive tome. Do we still use that word? Tome. Uh, the best book you can ever get on the Tim Donahue NFL betting scandal. It's called Gaming the Game. It is still out there uh, in publication. Gaming the Game. He wrote it in 2011. Everything you've ever heard about the Tim Donahue scandal since then has ripped off what Sean Patrick Griffin first put in that book, Gaming the Game, uh, he just tweeted, with the NBA betting scandal and disgraced, discredited, and disturbed referee Tim Donahue being discussed publicly and behind the scenes, here is the best, most informed interview I did on Gaming the Game in 2011. Uh, and he tweeted out the podcast that I did with him back then 10 years ago. So thank you to Sean Patrick Griffin. I just, uh, I'll retweet that uh, on my Twitter feed as well, in case you're interested in doing a deep dive on that. 
Um, should I do my tennis picks here first before we talk uh, teasers, Jeff? What do you want to do? Let's do tennis picks. We'll do tennis picks. Pamela Maldonado coming up next segment to give her thoughts on tennis. My tennis picks for the night. Mine went 0-2 yesterday. 40 cents ahead of the line. 40 cents of closing value on both Sarah Cerebes Tormo and on Oscar Ote. And neither of them got home. So I lost both of those long shot dogs, even though we were way ahead of the betting line. I hope you played Dan Weston's picks. He went 3-0. But mine tonight, I have two picks. One on the men's side, one on the ladies' side. I have Alex Molkan over Pablo Andujar on the men's side. Alex Molkan is a Slovakian player. Pablo Andujar, a Spanish player. You don't need to know that. You just need to know that the numbers for me came out with good, good value on Molkan. Uh, this, I'm, I'm going to check here if it got away from me because I made these bets late last night into the morning. Um, the Buskova number, we'll check the actual numbers right now. I also, on the, on the, on the ladies' side, I took Marie Buskova. She's a Czech player over the Estonian Kaya Kanepi. Uh, Kanepi beat Kerber in the first round, but I love the value here on Buskova at plus 120. So Mokan at minus 149, and Buskova on the ladies' side at plus 120. Jeff, are you calling these up right now? I'm trying to beat you to them uh, to see what the numbers are currently, to see if they're still playable. Again, we put these out, and again, 40 cents better than the close in both cases, even though they didn't get home yesterday. And in the case, so when someone asked me on Twitter, hey, are these still playable? And I said, in the case of Cerebus Tormo, no. In the case of Ote, uh, I think it was still playable, even though, again, the results were not what we wanted. But in the case of, uh, I'll check the Mokan Mo- line. Mokan, I'm seeing minus 155. Okay, don't let, it get to, don't let it get past minus 160, is what I would say there. Still playable, but don't let it go any higher. And then Buskova. I am seeing it plus 117. So, yeah, still playable. A few cents. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of plus 120s. That's yeah, the same number. Same number there on Buscova. Those are the tennis picks. All right, teasers this weekend. Last week, Jeff, and Wild Card Weekend, we had the one Stanford Wong teaser leg. It was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You could tease them down most of the week through the 7 and the 3. It got down to 7 by game time. But most of the week, you could tease down the Tampa Bay line against Philadelphia. And we sort of said, that's your anchor leg. Find a dance partner because there were no other Stanford Wong teaser legs among the rest of the games of the Wild Card Week. This week, the only Stanford Wong teaser leg, the only traditional Stanford Wong teaser leg, John Ferguson, by the way, is the Buffalo Bills, teased up through the three and the seven. Now, the question becomes, while I was very confident in saying Tampa Bay should be your anchor teaser leg last week, I don't know how I feel about the one Stanford Wong teaser leg calling it the anchor leg of teasers this week. But they're the only traditional leg. So do you tease the Bills with somebody else, or do you just go off the board here, Jeff? I would go off. Me too. I would go off and just do Green Bay with the Rams. Just go full NFC. I think I would go, first of all, the Rams for sure are one of mine. I think Rams San Francisco for me. Oh, you go oppo. Okay. No, I look, I, I I don't see the Packers losing. So that's why I put them down to their sixes now. So you're not going through zero technically. And then look, I mean, the Rams are technically a, a long teaser leg at some now. They're up to eight, they're two and a half in some books. So up to eight now. Oh, there you go. You're right. Yeah. yeah so, the Rams are technically a long teaser. Yeah, yeah. So the Rams, the Rams to me. That's the anchor leg. Yeah. If you're going traditional long teaser legs, uh, the Rams are the anchor, not Buffalo. Now, I would. I would consider teasing Buffalo. I have a hard time seeing a Kansas City blowout. I have a hard time seeing a blowout, period, yeah. in that game. The Wong traditionalists, 
there's only one correct answer. Rams Bills. That's the only answer correct. for wildcard week uh, for a divisional round week. My trepidation with the Bills just wanted to say trepidation is that I could see the Chiefs I guess I guess the the Chiefs are more capable of the blowout to me than are the Bucks and even in in my from my standpoint than are the Packers. I know there are some who think the Packers could just absolutely destroy the Niners. I am not one of those people. So you in the end go Rams and who, Jeff, finally? I would have no problem with the traditional with the Rams, Rams and Bills. Bills. I would also have no problem if the Packers again, they're six. Put them down to a pick. No problem with that either with the Rams. What are your ATS finally? Because Jason and I just called out ours. What are yours? I have nothing in pocket at the moment. Uh, More than likely, I'm going to Moneyline LA. Me too. And I'm more than likely going to be oppo and take the Bengals, but I'm going to wait. I think that thing's getting a four by kick. You're not going to like the result of that one. I'm with you, though, that on the Rams. The Rams are as popular this week as the Niners were last week. And that one came through with flying colors. Got a little sweaty at the end. But the the spread was never in question. That's for sure on that. But uh, Rams, Niners for me on the teaser. ATS bets coming on the Titans, on the Rams, even a money line bet on the Rams, and perhaps on the Niners. Going to leave the Bills and the Chiefs for later. Coming back, tennis. Pamela Maldonado next. Numbers game, Visa, the Sports Betting Network. The Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure VSIN is a part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs, and then on Championship Weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on vsin.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. How about that? Our first one was the big Patriots comeback against the Falcons so many years ago. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the VSIN betting experts before, during, and after the action on vcin.com. That one was actually before daily vcin programming began. The Falcons Patriots Super Bowl was about three weeks before daily vcin programming started. That was the first, and now this is our sixth annual live big game betcast. Hope you can join us again. 56 hours of free coverage on vcin.com. Skill Alexander, it's Jeffrey Parlay. Let's talk some tennis. Gave out my two uh, tennis picks here momentarily. We'll review those, uh, but I'm curious to hear what uh, this young lady has to say about the Australian Open from Yahoo, the Yahoo Sportsbook. It's Pamela Maldonado. How you doing, Pamela? Uh, now that the Australian Open is happening, I am doing fantastic. Let me ask How are you, you, before we even talk tennis, a uh, little birdie just told me, by the name of Brian Rogers, uh, he just told me, did you chop off part of your finger yesterday? What happened there? I did. Um, you know, when you have those moments where you have a sharp object in your hand and you know you shouldn't be doing something because you're like, I may hurt myself and you continue to do it and then you end up hurting yourself. <laughs> That's exactly kind of what happened. And I blame my father actually. Oh, you you blame your father for this? He he gave me a gift for my backdrop and it's a uh, Tiger Woods little memorabilia and I was trying to put the pieces together cuz it's supposed to be a standing piece and I was having difficulty so I grabbed a sharp object and well now I sliced my thumb. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so maybe you should tell your dad. Maybe maybe next gift, uh, not a put together thing. Maybe maybe just give it exactly. to me and tag. Yeah, All <laughs> exactly. Right. So uh, I know you love yourself some Novak Djokovic, Pam. I know you love him. Um, did you have futures bets on him, or were you were you prescient enough to sort of steer clear? No, not at all. I definitely stayed clear. 
Betting Djokovic now is not the same as betting Djokovic 2017, 2018, 2016. Then it was dominance. And right now you have all of the up-and-coming players who are starting to really find form, find rhythm. You have Djokovic who has a bunch of hurdles because of his vaccination, not vaccination status. COVID-19, the pandemic is still very much a thing. And since the pandemic started, you have seen the kind of not, I wouldn't say regression in his game, but the situations of travel, of not having your full team abo- uh, on board with you, um, just all the outside scenarios are coming into play with these futures odds. I actually have not laid any futures odds came December. I haven't done it. I knew better to stay away. Australia is one of the most, uh, <laughs> it has been one of the most strictest places in the in the world for um, how it's running in its country. And you just know to stay away and I hope Djokovic gets back in the field, but I'm not sure how we already saw it with the French Open. They're saying, hey, Djokovic, you want to play? Yeah. Get vaccinated. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. It's it's going to be fascinating because if, if that happens too, then you're really getting to a point because obviously total number of Grand Slam single titles means a great deal to him. He's currently tied with both Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal at 20. Um, then it starts to get serious for him, right? It's not just one tournament. It's, it's multiple, and then he's got to make some decisions. Everyone's entitled to do what they want to do, but it's starting to obviously impact his uh, livelihood at that point and his legacy. So you didn't make any. By the way, I did. I'm on Zverev, and, and I made Zverev bets at plus 650 back in December. I'm on Medvedev as well. On the ladies' side, I took Svatek. That worked out with the draw, where she's on the opposite side of Ash Barty. Have you bet anything here in the first round do you have any bets tonight? For tonight, um, so far, not yet. I usually don't look at the draw until after lunch. Um, I get my morning chores done. I am interested really in backing Berrettini somehow, some fashion. I like to do money line parlays. That's what works for me. That's my bread and butter. Instead of doing games, instead of doing set spreads, those are very precise types of bets. So I like money line parlays. I was really hoping that um, Carlos Alcaraz would be the underdog to Berrettini. He is the favorite, so now I'm going to be looking to par- uh, parlay him, pair him up with somebody, and get him on a ticket because I definitely think he can win this comfortably um, kind of role against Berrettini. I'm looking forward to that match. He has put on some muscle, Carlos Alcaraz, yeah. has, since the last time we saw him, uh, and he was no slim guy to begin with. So uh, he is, and he's one of these people, right? Obviously, if the, the top tier is the, uh, the Djokovic, uh, Zverev, Medvedev group of players right now, Nadal, Definitely Alcaraz is, is in that next group of the bubbling up, the center group, if you will, uh, on the way up. That's interesting that you wanted to back him. How many how many slams do you think a guy like that wins in the next two calendar years? Does he win? If I set the number at 0.5, are you going over on that? Over. And that's funny that you say that because just last night I tweeted, I took to Twitter, I was watching his match and I took to Twitter and I said, bookmark this, Carlos Alcaraz will be winning a major in the near future. And I had a lot of questions and they're like, okay, how soon is soon? Even with Medvedev, even with Zverev? And absolutely. And the reason for that is because back in February of 2021, I did a post on him where he had defeated, it was right around, it was in February, he had won. I said, look out for him in the next two to three years. He qualified for his first Grand Slam that was at Australian Open. He had won three ATP Challenger title events the year before, and he toasted like a Goffin in 73 minutes in a warm-up tournament. And I said, watch out for him in two to three years. 
Well, here we are a year later. Just like the rate of progression that we have seen from him is outstanding. He has such a high level of IQ tennis. He has great shot selection. He's c capable of playing full court tennis. He has the slice. He has the lob. He has full aggression. He has the speed. He has a net game. It is beautiful to watch, and it's something that you don't see from the next-gen players and something that you don't even really see from the, 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 the main experienced players on tour right now. So because of all of that and because of the big three kind of in shambles starting to fall apart that's bringing up the opportunity for some of these up-and-coming players he has the ability here i 100 percent would put the over in that in a heartbeat alcaraz and uh Berrettini, great match not tonight though tomorrow night uh that one is going to be huge that's minus 185 currently on alcaraz and uh plus 150 coming back on Berrettini. um who is obviously a top 10 world player, number seven, I believe, ranked in the world today. So that should be fun tomorrow night. So nothing tonight. You, you're not a ladies' tour uh, better. You're just a men's tour. I love watching the WTA, and now I have a new appreciation because I actually went to the U.S. Open a few months ago, and I got to watch a lot of the WTA events. Anissa Mova, I got to watch her. She was fantastic, and I really grew an appreciation for watching some of these women after watching them live. I'm going to stick to being a fan instead of betting, and it's just because in the ATP, what you see the difference between ATP and WTA is that they don't have the women, they don't have commanding weapons. You don't have a Zverev serve. You don't have like a Nadal forehand. And all of that really just equalizes the field. So you have somebody like Barty, and I love watching Barty for that. She does have variety in her game. Pliskova, she has a huge serve. So there are a few women, but it's just more often than not, you're going to get um, just an equal playing field, and it makes it really tough to bet, but it makes it fun to watch. Last thing then, uh, Pamela, we'll, we'll, get, uh, we'll get your thoughts on this. Do you plan on jumping in in the futures market here before this tournament ends? So let's just say another round goes by. Do you think you'll jump in and bet either Medvedev or Zverev or somebody else? Would you bet Alcaraz in this tournament? Earlier, I thought you were asking if I had a futures on Djokovic, of which I said no. I do have a futures on Medvedev at plus 165 to win. Oh, you I also do. have him at minus. Oh. I do. And I also have him at minus 125 to reach the final. And I also have a long shot. Um, it was 12 to 1 on Andy Murray to win the to win his quarter. And I also had Alcaraz. Um, I wasn't expecting. I didn't take a futures on him, but I was hoping he would be more underdog roles. And that hasn't been the case. But I'm backing Alcaraz every which way I can. Yeah. And Andy Murray, I would hope that his fitness can stay intact because I really think that he has a favorable draw. He has an opportunity to uh, really do well and contend in this in this tournament. Well, he's an amazing player, Andy Murray. By the way, the secret is out on Alcaraz. Like, it's no secret anymore, that's for sure. It's no secret. And it's Absolutely. reflected in the betting market. Andy Murray thing is amazing because he beat uh, Nicholas Basilashvili in five sets the other night in the first round. And he's just an amazing player to, to watch because people had written him off, right? It's like, you just go away. The injuries are too much. You ride off into the sunset. But people have to remember, before there was a big three, with uh, Djokovic, Nadal, and Federer, there was a big four. And Andy Murray, you still mm -hmm. see it in his game. You're like, he's going to figure out a way. His ability to sort of figure it out on the fly is just incredible. So he's fun to watch. He is. And I was really hoping that his match against Basil would not go five sets because I want him to have that preservation in his legs so he can make a deep run. But he is really putting in a great effort trying to climb back up the ranks. And he's getting deeper and deeper in tournaments. I really think that we can see him win another major here in the next couple of years. If he has no injuries, he can definitely win something like Wimbledon or the U.S. Open.
Pamela, enjoy the rest of the tournament. May your bets all cash for you. Thank you. Pamela Maldonado, everybody, on a numbers game at Visa and the Sports Betting Network. You can follow her uh, at Yahoo Sportsbook. What is her uh, Twitter, Pamela? What was the uh, Twitter? I hope, her th- I hope her finger's okay. My God, she was taking it very well. Uh, was it Pamela35? Is that what I'm saying? Pamela M35. Pamela M. Pamela Maldonado. M for Maldonado. Pamela M35. You can follow her. By the way, my my uh, tennis picks once again. I'm on Molkan. I just saw it went up to minus 172 after we just gave it out. A little bit of a spurt right there. Um, that one book is listening for sure. Molkan on the uh, men's side, though it might not be playable anymore. And Buskova on the ladies' side as a dog. Those are my two tennis picks at the Aussie Open tonight. Coming back, Michael Lombardi on the National Football League next. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Numbers game with Gil Alexander on v the sports betting network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code v 200 when you make your first bet. Plus, you'll earn M-Life rewards that can be redeemed for rooms and dining at any MGM resort. BetMGM, proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code v 200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here. Uh, Jeff, uh, there's a name change in minor league baseball. What happened? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good one here. Uh, Sugarland uh, Skeeters were the former name of the AAA team for the Houston Astros, team that came over from the Atlantic League. They're rebranding, Gil. Yeah. They're now the Sugarland Space Cowboys. <laughs> no word if uh, the Steve Miller Band is going to get the uh, stadium name. Wow, too. Steve Miller Band, old reference. I thought that was the name of an old Jamiroquai album, Space Cowboy. May have been too. Yeah. We all know the Joker, though. 
Here's our favorite space cowboy. I have no idea how to transition that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, his uh, GM Shuffle is the name of his podcast where he goes off. It's uh, Lombardi Unchecked, Unfiltered. Uh, also, Gridiron Genius is the name of the book. He hosts the Lombardi line for our purposes here at VEASAN each and every weekday at the top of the hour at uh, 12 noon Eastern. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Michael Lombardi. How you doing, Michael? I'm doing well, Gil. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. I have so much to ask you, obviously, with the divisional round in front of us. The first of which is I had Ed Fang on from the Power Rank earlier. And again, he was going into his numbers on the Titans. And he was saying how he doesn't feel like there's a statistical drop-off when it goes from Derrick Henry to Dante Foreman. And I took umbrage. By the way, you always take umbrage. You never give it. I took umbrage with that. Where you, you said something similar to what Ed, though, said last week. I'm not exactly the same thing, but you, you did say that, it, it, that they've, they fared very well without him. Am I correct? You know, they did. They didn't really change who they were. And I think people don't, you know, Foreman was one of the most highly recruited kids in the country coming out of uh, Texas. And he went to the University of Texas. And, you know, like most kids that, that are highly recruited, pampered and spoiled, you know, didn't have the greatest career at Texas that he should have had based on his skill set. Got drafted in the third round by the Texans and then kind of meandered around the National Football League, but everybody was willing to give him a chance because they recognized the talent. The drive wasn't always there. And, you know, the last chance saloon always seems to be the best place to land. And when Tennessee called after the injury to to Henry, this was either make or break for Foreman, and I think he's made the most of it. Look, he fumbles too much. He does. He's careless with the football, so that hurts the, the 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 Titans a little bit. But in terms of running the inside and outside zone, he's big, he's strong, he's powerful, and he fills the void that they need. You know, when they're going into their power run game. So you know, there's a little bit of a drop off, but it isn't like oh my gosh, they don't have a running back. I mean, they have run the ball effectively. They ran for 198 against the Dolphins. They ran for another buck 24 against the Texans. You know, they ran for 200 yards against Pittsburgh in the game they lost because they turned it over four times. There were three games where Foreman did do very well for sure. Where did you come down with a bet on this game, by the way, Bengals-Titans? Any side here? You know, I, I really like the Titans here. I, I think with Ogajobi's injury up front for the Bengals, the, I, I really think the Raiders made a tactical mistake in that game, allowing Derek Carr to throw the ball 54 times and only giving the ball to Jacobs 13 times, and he averaged 6.4 yards a carry. Like, I don't want – I think Carr's a good player, but I don't want him throwing it 50 times in any game, whether it's a preseason game or whether it's a, a conference – whether it's a wild card game. Like, I, I thought they needed to run the ball, and when the moment was there to run the ball, and I know they got in some holding penalties and long-down situations, but to me – at 6.4 a clip and where they were with their defensive front with Mike Daniels and B.J. Hill having to take over with Hendrickson out of the game, I think they missed a great opportunity to really capitalize on the moment, and I don't think Tennessee will let that slide. Every time I see the Niners do well, I think of you, Michael, because not only did I have bets on them, but I, but I think about the scenario of what could have been, and we've talked about this in some form or another before, but the third pick in the draft where they, they draft Trey Lance, Trey Lance has not provided anything to the football team. Imagine if they had drafted Rashawn Slater. Imagine if they had drafted somebody else that was actually a contributing player to this team. Even without it, they, they, Trey Sermon, we all thought Trey Sermon was going to be a running back. Instead, they prefer Elijah Mitchell. They've even put Debo Samuel now at running back, who was a uh, wide receiver out of college. So I guess what I'm saying is there are many different things that the Niners have done here where you're like, wow, they've almost... 
it's almost been against themselves, and yet they're still this super competitive team who a lot of people are li- think are live this weekend against the Packers. Uh, where do you stand on this game? It's at six now, but obviously Niners injuries concerns. Well, I think that's the biggest thing, right? I mean, Werner's injury really is uh, is concerning. Al Shahir, the other linebacker, number 51, he's a really good player for them, and he makes a difference in what they do as well. And this defensive front is really dominant. I mean, look, they got a lot out of Arden Key. They signed two players that the Raiders cut last year, Arden Key and Hurst. Now, Hurst has been hurt most of the year, but Key has played really well for them. And the depth in this defensive front is really good. Now, they've pinned themselves into a 17 nothing hole the first time they played. And then, you know, Garoppolo threw an interception. They didn't really move the football effectively. Then they got back into the game. And, you know, and then obviously Aaron Rodgers did, does what he does. But I, I think this, Gil, we all believe in that three phases of football, right? Offense, defense, kicking game. And if you can win two of the three, you're going to win the game. Well, we know the the 49ers are going to win the special teams. The Packers are horrendous. I mean, I think they should put Debo Samuel back and let him return kicks. He was a dynamic returner in high school coming out. I mean, I think he's got South Carolina records. But that being said, I mean, I want the ball in Samuel's hands against the special teams every single time. And they can win that phase. And then I think they can run the football effectively. And then I think they can win that phase. So that gives them a chance. And I think the only thing is what defies logic, what defies conventional football wisdom is the great Aaron Rodgers because he's so good. Can they get off the field? Can they play the zone concept that they do on defense and still win? And obviously the public doesn't think that. That's why the Lions go in the other way. What's your single favorite bet this weekend? I like the Titans. I think when I look at it, I think I think to me they didn't just show up as the number one seed. They earned it. Yeah. Now they've got to protect the football. I know they lost to Houston. I know they lost to the Jets, but they they understand how to play situational football the best of any team in, in the league. That's why they're the number one seed. They were very good in red zone third downs. They were very good in red zone period offense defensively. They were very good on third down. In the field, I mean, all the areas where it matters come playoff time. Situational football. I mean, Tannehill would have known to hand the ball back to the official had they run that quarterback draw like the Cowboys did. That's right. Tannehill would have known to get on the ground after 10 yards, unlike what Dak did. You know, I mean, so they're well coached. And I think in that area, in that phase, I think that shows up. Now they got to handle. They must double chase. They got to take him out of the game and they got to win with their front. And the bad offensive line playing on the road always concerns me. And I'm not, the Bengals' offensive line is not good enough. That's an old Michael Lombardi truism, the offensive lines that travel and that don't travel. Uh, And they did beat, of course, Buffalo, Kansas City, the Rams, Indianapolis twice, uh, the Titans, the Niners. They beat the Niners as well. So 4-0 against current playoff teams, 2-0 against a team like the Colts that were just on the outside looking in. Um, Okay, and so let me just ask you this. Put put on your GM hat, Michael Lombardi, uh, from his past days in front offices. Who's the coach that currently still has a job in this league? Not one, obviously not the fired group, but of the one who still is clinging on to a job, who's the one that you would fire the quickest? <laughs> well, that's a great question. I, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I think t- as I look at that, the one that I would be most concerned with, I think, is, is going through this and how he kept his job and keeping. I think I would really want to know from Ron Rivera what's the plan. Like, where are we going? Love that answer. You know, where are we going to improve? Where are we going to improve this team? Because if you study Ron Rivera's career, he's had great success and then he's had really bad seasons. But there's only been three good seasons. So, 
I'll ask the question, are we sure Ron Rivera is a really good coach? Are we sure we should continue to be patient with 7 and 10? Who's the guy out there that you see, Michael, whether it's a coordinator, whether it's another coach, whether it's on the college level, who you look at and you observe and you're like, if I were an NFL you know, if I were in the NFL front offices right now and I had a coaching vacancy, this is a guy I would certainly interview. Oh, I definitely would interview Don Martindale of the Ravens. I think he's sensational. I think he, what he's done with his defense, I mean, you know, to, to play the Rams as closely as he did, he, he actually scored in the game with a secondary that was depleted. That The fact that Jonathan Gannon is getting interviews over him when this guy's had experience and a longevity of being good defenses. Did you ever think the Eagles' defense was good this year? Did you ever? Did that ever strike you? No, sir. Certainly didn't strike me. You know, but we, you know, but this, remember, it's elected positions, not it, not selected. So a guy like Jonathan, how about Kellen Moore? How would you like to go to that press conference after what his display of offense was against the, the 49ers? You think that was impressive? I can't wait to, you know, how's that going to work out? You know, oh, he's a young coach. We need young. Well, you know, when you look over the landscape of Reed and Belichick, the experience that they had before they became head coach to me, but I like Martindale. I love Josh McDaniels. And I think that Brian Flores is one of the best coaches out there right now. Michael, love it. Appreciate it. We'll listen at the top of the hour, sir. Thanks, Gil. Michael Lombardi. Thank you, sir. Dave Ross hosting the Lombardi line next. Enjoy. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.